0: Hello and welcome. This is Diane Lake, your host, and I'm going to be sharing how you can understand and apply the prophetic through practical terms, practical ways, and practical means that make it relevant to everyday life so that you can prepare the way for the Lord's purposes to manifest in the earth. This is Preparing the Way, the Practical Prophetic. Well, hey guys, welcome to episode 29 titled, Do you want to be used by God to reform culture? So we'll be talking about the Seven Mountains today, which is a subject that is very close to my heart and very core and foundational to our ministry. At one point, my husband and I were co-pastors in a local church, and I really thought that's what we would always be doing. It's what I thought I wanted to do. But the Lord in 2008 directed us away from that and formulated this ministry, Starfire Ministries. And one of the key concepts that he has for us is that we are to instruct and impart to believers that the church is far more than just a building with four walls and that believers today are to be influencing culture in every area where they are active okay so i'm going to give you some key steps today um some scriptural foundation i'm going to give you some personal testimony and all of it is directed at this one key concept which is that reformation is just not that complicated if you look at scripture and if you break it down it's not that complicated we can all become a reformer and we're all intended to be a reformer all right Let's begin by looking at Acts 3.21. This verse says, He, meaning Jesus, must remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything as he had promised long ago through his holy prophets. All right. so what that verse is saying is that if you go all the way back to creation, Adam and Eve, as we know, fell into sin. And once that happened, earth was contaminated. Not just mankind, but creation itself, right? Romans 8 says that all creation is groaning for the revelation of the sons of God, these reformers, right? So he has a plan to reform until everything comes back to his way that he had purposed in the beginning. So let's also, by way of foundation, take a quick look at what would be called the Church Restoration Movements. So we'll start in 1500, there was the Protestant movement, most of us are aware of that. 1600, the Evangelical movement. 1700, the Holiness movement. 1800, the Healing movement. 1900, the Pentecostal movement. And then these movements pick up a little more quickly. 1950, the Charismatic movement. 1980, the Prophetic Apostolic movement. 2007, the Saints and Army of the Lord movement, the reason I'm telling you this is because we are headed toward the Kingdom of God movement, and you can find the foundation for that in Revelation eleven fifteen, 15, in which it says that the kingdoms of this world have to become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. Now, eventually they will become in full in the millennial reign, of course, we know that, but there's a level that we have to reach before that happens, okay? So the seven mountains could also be called the seven kingdoms, because we're talking about the kingdoms of this world, becoming the kingdoms of our Lord and our Christ. There are seven major spheres or mountains or kingdoms, which impact society. These are business, government, media, arts and entertainment, education, family and religion. So I'll break them down just a little bit more. Uh, Media means all forms of communication, not just the mainstream media. Government includes military, cities, states, and nations, all types, types of government. Education would include schools and universities, but also the medical field. Business economy, of course, is anything related to the business world or to finance. And arts and entertainment would also include sports religion would be all religious groups except for the true church family of course is god's family structure of a father mother children and relatives Now, the Eighth Kingdom Mountain, the Kingdom of God, that would include the true church. And we read in Isaiah 2.2 that now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains, and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow to it. Alright, so every believer moves in at least one of these areas, these mountains, and usually more than one. And God wants to use our influence for his glory. And as we do this, we are reformers because we are bringing God's government, his organization, his influence to the earth. All right, sounds good. That's what we want to be a part of, of course. So let me ask you the question, why should we care about being reformers and influencing culture? Have you thought about that? I think that's important. Why should we care? And I think a key reason that we should is found in Matthew 25, where Jesus talked about sheep and goat nations, because there will be a judgment and righteous nations, which are following godly principles, will be the sheep nations. And of course, there's the goat nations as well. And i think we should care what our nation is and i don't think it's just a nation i think it's a city or a state or a region that could be factored into that so remember when the disciples were asking jesus for signs of the end time that whole concept of matthew 24 and matthew 25 is things that will be happening in the last days right that we should be watching for and moving towards so I want to say this to you that I was raised to believe as a young Christian anyway for many years that the only thing we needed to worry about was winning souls and then making mature disciples after that right bringing them to maturity but I want to say that I believe not only do we need to be worried about the salvation of individuals which is of course important but also nations. Nations need discipling as well. Otherwise, how are we going to have sheep nations, right? So the difference is, is that if we truly believe that people are lost without Christ, and if we believe what Jesus said in Matthew 25 about sheep and goat nations, then we have to do what Jesus said. We have to do our part to reach everyone with the gospel of the kingdom, right? Both individuals and nations. Now, I think the reason that we need to do this is because Matthew said, excuse me, uh, Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, that this gospel of the kingdom has to be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations in order for the end to come, right? So if we want to see Christ's return, and if we want to speed up his coming and the end of the age, then we have to do what is revealed in Scripture, And I wanna point out also that 2 Peter 3.12, the first part of that verse, says that we are to be looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, right? So we wanna be believers that do that. So when you reform culture, do you see what I'm saying? You're hastening the day of the Lord. All right, so as I said, Matthew 24.14, says, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Well, the reason I want to point this verse out again is because I want you to think about this. I believe the concept of the gospel of salvation is different than the gospel of the kingdom. They're not the same thing. Okay, The basic difference between these two concepts is that the gospel of the kingdom teaches people how to apply the influence of heaven to their everyday lives, their everyday surroundings, their everyday activities. All right. So in other words, where you go to school, where you do business, where you go to work, everywhere you set your foot, if you are bringing the gospel of the kingdom, you're bringing the gospel Of salvation as well as the influence of heaven. Okay, so it's more than just salvation. I hope you see what I'm saying. Also, my understanding of the passage in Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20, in which we are told to make disciples of all nations, is that while it does mean we are to disciple individuals unto maturity, of course, within the people groups of the world, I believe it's more than that. I believe the concept of discipling nations involves the seven mountains or areas of cultural influence. In other words, influencing nations to become sheep nations rather than goat nations. All right. So that's where I feel that fits in. I also want to point out, you know, in the Old Testament, we're all aware that the, the Israelites were told they were going to inherit the land of Canaan, right? A physical inheritance. They were going to physically possess that land. But remember, the Israelites had to fight for it. God did not just hand them that land, did he? Now, when you think about the kingdoms of this world, the seven mountains, It involves a spiritual inheritance right but by the same token I think there's going to be a spiritual battle well I know there is there has to be because the spiritual battle is for cultural prominence so you're not going to ascend these mountains without a fight without some resistance okay whether it's through people or not often it is but it's still the demonic driving it so remember I just want to point out from Matthew 4 Um, lest you think i'm not getting scriptural foundation for this remember when satan said to jesus look at all the kingdoms of the world he said basically they're mine and i'll give them to you if you worship me right and jesus didn't deny that those kingdoms belong to satan because he's the one that influences them all right and so that's what we want to do is take that influence away and make it god's influence make it the kingdom influence now let me encourage you by saying this that god is releasing greater revelation even today now as he mobilizes his spiritual army to take possession of these cultural mountains or kingdoms of this world okay as we head towards this fulfillment of revelation eleven fifteen. 15. so if you're doing this god is all over it and he's going to reveal to you the things that you need to get it done all right so hopefully that's an encouragement Now, as I said, I want to demystify the process of reformation and cultural influence. I don't want to over-spiritualize it, right? So I'm going to break it down into some key concepts. So let me just start that right now by saying, I think it is as simple as this. Okay, number one, be obedient. I mean, that is so key, so foundational. You have to be obedient. You have to lay down your own ideas of what you think it should look like, for you to be an influencer or a reformer. For us, the first step was that we had to give up our typical church. I had to give it up. It was harder for me than my husband. I thought that's what I'd always be doing, and God had a different idea, okay? So I'm going to take a little side road here and give you a testimony, and then we'll come back and I'll give you some more foundation and some steps and keys. So uh, because at one point the Lord was... uh, He just revealed to us that he had a plan for us in our community, but we kind of stumbled into it. Okay, So what happened was that we were able, my husband and I, to mobilize our community and we effectively removed Planned Parenthood from the sex education program of our local high school. So I'll just begin by how the story started, and that is that uh, we were co-pastoring this church that I talked about at that time. Um, We had a busy life, you know, we were doing that. We had a full-time construction business because we do, uh, we are active in business, in the business mountain, and still even are today. We also still had three teenagers at home, so uh, we had a lot going on, and a woman in the community who was a believer approached us, approached my husband, and said she thought, it would be good if he would run for the school board and so you know we both kind of laughed it's like well we don't really have time for that uh, but because she asked us to pray about it um, you know almost out of obligation we prayed and surprisingly enough we felt some fairly strong direction from the lord that my husband was indeed supposed to run for the school board so i helped him put together a packet for that And the situation at that time was that one of the school board members had resigned before his position, his term was up. And so uh, my husband applied for that. And interestingly enough, he did not get it he was turned down someone else was picked so you know I want to point that out because sometimes you feel like you're following the Lord's direction and it gets confusing right you're like well I thought the Lord said to do this and it didn't work out but I want to encourage you that we kept at it <laughs> we felt strongly enough that it was the Lord's direction that he ran for the next election and he won so didn't make it the first track but he did make it after that election so So Now he's on the school board and at one point in one of the meetings the curriculum came up before the school board and my husband noticed that Planned Parenthood was coming into the sex education classes in the high school and giving the presentations and you know providing the materials to them and my husband asked well well, why why is Planned Parenthood coming in and doing this and they said uh, the answer was well because they always have this is just how we do it And my husband said, well, you know, the high school health teacher has a master's degree. I wonder if she shouldn't be able to do that and we wouldn't need Planned Parenthood in there. So lo and behold, there was enough support with the school board uh, itself that we were able to get this on the agenda so that there would be a meeting about this and a vote. But in the process, of course, It was a long road. Uh, Yeah, we had to unify the whole community as far as anyone that supported those kinds of views. This would include the Mormons and the Catholics. Yes, we worked with them as well. Uh, We had everybody uh, in our contacts, and there was a lot of communication and some mobilization. Now, my husband had also said at one point, uh, I think you need to testify at this school board meeting, you know, when you get a few. Minutes. I don't know if it's three minutes or whatever it is, and you can testify and, and um, do that kind of thing. And I went, wow, you know, it's getting real now. But I felt like the Lord did want me to do that and that was a difficult decision. This was a community that both my husband and I were raised in and graduated from that same high school. Our kids went there, so we had parents that we knew, our kids' friends we knew. We knew a lot of the staff, the administration, the teachers, you know, very um, uh, wide range of connections in this community, and being a divisive issue, this was not something that Um, was particularly fun to do, but I did it. I gave a key testimony and believe it or not, the Planned Parenthood was voted out of the curriculum. It had never happened before. Planned Parenthood was shocked (laughs) and it really caused a stir within the wider community. So that the next morning I got a call from our newspaper in our city. Uh, It is a liberal city, it is a liberal newspaper and i was asked to uh, give an interview with them now i had some reservations but i felt like the lord wanted me to do it i asked them if i could review what they were going to publish before they did it that was a condition i gave them they agreed but in spite of that there were some things taken out of context there were some things that were twisted somewhat as you might expect as a result of that uh, people began writing letters to the editor and Kind of attacking you know pretty much my husband and i there were a lot of things being said there was a lot of misinformation so out of that the reason i'm saying this is i was given the opportunity to write a longer op-ed column and explain some of these things these reasons why we did what we did now of course if you're doing this for like a local newspaper anytime you're in the cultural sphere You can't be quoting scripture verses. You can't use church speak, that kind of thing. But we were able to lay out a presentation of why we did what we did and why we cared about those kids. Now, a key was the Lord gave me the strategy every step of the way. And in fact, before I testified, before I agreed to do it, the Lord imparted to me how he felt about those kids. He loved, these are these high school kids, most of them are not believers. He was genuinely grieved that they were being led astray by what Planned Parenthood was teaching and promoting, right? Everything from abortion to promiscuity and a whole lot of other things in between it grieved the Lord okay another part of the strategy he gave me was that I was to avoid talking about abortion abortion is a key issue obviously but I didn't feel like it pertained to what we were doing with the sex education program at that time so I followed the Lord's strategy every step of the way, when I was testifying, when I was being interviewed by the paper, when I wrote the op-ed. Now what happened after all of this was it mobilized believers to lead a statewide effort, we were part of this, to write up a bill to bring before the state house and Senate so that Planned Parenthood would be removed from all high schools across the state. This was pretty exciting. I testified at the state level as well. As you might have guessed, it's a very very divisive issue. There was a a lot of of testimony on both sides, all that. It passed the House and the Senate. Unfortunately, at that time, we had a liberal governor and he did veto it, but it was still very exciting and very eye-opening as far as what can be accomplished from the grassroots level. I want you to keep that in mind because you you might be saying, what can i do and i'm going to keep referring to the grassroots level because i think that's where it all begins all right and speaking of that uh, grassroots level there's a new opportunity for my husband right now and I know I'm going to be a part of it in some ways as well and I mentioned this on my last episode in which I talk about wide open doors and that is that my husband has just accepted a position an assistant football coaching position at this same local high school and I'm pretty excited about it. I explained to you that a good friend of ours uh, who is a believer and has an apostolic anointing and a track record of coming into communities and as a football coach creating a winning team and changing the atmosphere positively for god's influence uh he's this he's gonna do it again i know god's gonna do something again through this new coaching staff and i'm excited about it something i'm praying about and i'll keep you informed as as it goes along okay what develops there but you what I want to say here too is that nobody planned any of this okay my husband did not plan to run for the school board I did not plan to testify before that school board meeting I did not plan to have the opportunities I did to write and speak and my husband did not plan to become an assistant football coach all right but I as already mentioned the key is obedience and I'll talk more and more about that as we go because you will find that if you are obedient God will open these doors before you and you didn't even see them coming before they were opened okay so I want to encourage you in that way all right so let's look at some scriptural scriptural principles because you might be wondering well how is it that this can be boiled down into something that I can work with we got to be practical we got to figure out how we can apply it Um, because you might be saying well, it's wonderful for you but what about me right all right so I want to look at Deuteronomy 28 1 through 14 this passage is about the power of the blessing so what happened was that I was writing for General's International, that's a Mike and Cindy Jacobs uh, ministry, and in about 2016 and in that time frame I was writing articles for them on assigned topics and the topic of reformation was chosen. So now I'm praying to the Lord and asking him what should I write about on this topic? And at that point, he revealed some key things to me from Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 14. I mean, it was like he just opened this passage up and some things were so clear before my eyes that um, it was just like, aha, it was like one of those light bulb moments, if you will. And by the way, that a particular article is called God's Reformation Plan Includes You. And you can find it on our website at www.starfireministries.org. And uh, just type it in the search bar, it'll pop right up. And I give the short version of some of the testimony I just shared. And the short version of what I'm going to be talking about today, much more condensed. But um, so anyway, let's get back to Deuteronomy 28. And I cannot read all of those verses, there's too many, but let's start out and read verse one together. It says, Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Okay, I want to point out a couple things right here. The blessings that they're talking about are all the ones that are coming come afterwards, one through 14. But a key phrase is obey the voice. And another one is carefully observe all his commandments. Obeying the voice is the voice of the Holy Spirit. However, he speaks to you. Still small voice, maybe a prophetic dream, perhaps through scripture itself. Okay, that's one key obey the voice, and secondly, carefully observe all his commands is referring to all the scriptural principles, all right? So in other words, the person who does these two key things is the person who's going to be blessed in all these ways in the next verses that follow. Verse 8 says that the Lord will command the blessing, on you in all your storehouses and in everything to which you set your hand. That means your workplace, your finances, your area of influence, everything's going to be blessed. Pretty cool, right? Verses 12 and 13 say that the Lord will open to you his good treasure. The heavens give the rain to your land in its season bless all the work of your hand you will lend to many nations but you shall not borrow and the lord will make you the head and not the tail you shall be above only and not be beneath if you heed the commandments of the lord your god which i command you today and are careful to observe them now that is really powerful all right and remember i want to demystify to de-spiritualize, if you will, this process of being a cultural influencer. Now, does that not sound, verses 1 through 14, like you're an influencer? I think it does. So I think it really boils down to something as simple as this, obedience. The key is obedience. Obey the voice of the Lord and obey the commandments in scripture. Lay down your own ideas if necessary of what it should look like for you to be an influencer. Like I said, for us, we had to give up the idea of a typical church. All right, so I'm going to give you some numbered key steps. All right, if you're taking notes, number one, obedience brings blessing, brings influence. All right, obedience, blessing, influence. Remember how it said you should lend to many nations, but you would not borrow? Okay, so number two and three are going to pertain to that subject of nations, because you might be thinking to yourself, all right, this is the Old Testament, we are talking about Israel, so this can't really apply to me, right? But I'm going to point out a couple of things about nations. Okay, so point number two is that believers, you're a believer, I'm a believer. We are the spiritual children of Abraham under the new and better covenant. You'll find that in Galatians 3.29 and in Hebrews chapters 8 through 10. All right, so it's not just for Israel. All right, we're spiritual children of Abraham also. Number three, again, referencing Israel as a nation, we're a nation too. Right? Because 1st Peter 2 9 says that we as believers are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation made up of his own special people. Did you see that? We're a kingdom nation. So certainly if that applies to Israel, it also applies to us. Right? So I, I also want to point out, you know, we often associate Jewish people today with cultural prominence right whether it's finance hollywood producers that kind of thing i think the jewish people and even carrying over today somehow understood and received that concept of blessing right so sometimes as christians and believers i think we have to overcome a spirit of poverty first of all sometimes you do have to do deliverance and that kind of thing but sometimes we have a poverty mentality where we settle into that role oh well i need to be content with whatever i have which is scriptural but i don't think that's the same as being content to stay there okay not as an influencer because influencers are in places of power and they have the ability to make decisions and things that you don't have if you have no influence whatsoever okay so i'm not going to take too much of a side road there but again that rising to the top like cream, basically that comes out of obedience and blessing, all right? So we'll we'll point that out as we go a couple more times that we're gonna get into these steps and keys. And in Deuteronomy 8.18, I wanna point out that it says, "'It is He," meaning God, "'who gives you the power to get wealth, "'that He may establish His covenant.'" Now, that was to the Old Testament, uh, right? The Old Testament nation of Israel, but again, as a physical nation they were blessed to display God's covenant so if you flip that to today we are spiritually to be blessed so that we can establish his kingdom we're not going to have the same influence as a nation that they did unless you looked at as a kingdom nation because a kingdom nation can have spiritual influence on the kingdoms of this earth all right so hopefully you see the parallel there All right, so as I said, I'm going to get more involved in these steps. So here we go with five steps to becoming reformers and how to influence culture. Because I know that you want to do this too, right? It's not like it's just for me or a few select few. We can all influence culture and we should. Number one, reformation flows from a life of obedience. You've already heard me talk about obedience over and over again so that's not going to be a surprise number one reformation flows from a life of obedience so remember examples like daniel and esther they did not intend to be reformers remember how i said you don't really set yourself up for this this is god who does this these were people who were simply faithful and obedience in the place that they found themselves and god honored it He let them rise to the top like cream and then he used them to display his glory so that's what this is all about the reason that you can attain influence is because god wants to display his glory through you okay number two understand you are blessed by god and blessing brings influence it's a little bit of review again but you have to accept this for yourself you have to believe it believe that you are blessed by god and that blessing brings influence. Number 3, let God position you and give you strategy. All right? Again, I never planned anything that I was talking about so far as testimony that I've already talked about. I didn't plan to have a ministry that focused on a on a concept of being outside the four walls as a church. I didn't plan to testify before a school board or a senate, those kinds of things god will give you the strategy you just position yourself through obedience and he will take it up from there (laughs) trust me he's got good he's got great ideas you'll figure it out (laughs) okay number four allow god to shape your character and endure through the process because every step of your journey brings you that much closer to the fulfillment of your ultimate calling and purpose of being a kingdom influencer Character is so important to God, and you're just not going to get there right away, okay? He's going to take you through a process. Think about Joseph, for instance. By the time you get to Genesis 50, he's been through a heck of a lot, right? A lot of stuff had gone down, and it wasn't always pleasant, and it was hard for him to persevere, I'm sure. And yet, when he got to that final point where his brothers were before him, he had risen to such influence, and yet he had compassion in his heart, too, remember? And then he's like, aha i see now they meant it for evil you know satan meant it for evil but god had a plan all along to use me to influence people and to help people in their time of need he influenced not just his own nation but obviously egypt as well and i think it's just a real good lesson for us to keep that in mind number five reformers are motivated by god's heart of love Remember how I said when we removed plant Parenthood from the sex education program, God rocked my world by imparting to me how much he loved those largely unbelieving high school students. He was grieved that they were being deceived. So you do have to be motivated by God's love to effectively reform culture for the kingdom of God. It's not about hitting people over the head with the Bible. That is just not going to work, Right. <laughs> So what our part is, okay, so here's a key, our part is to become each and every one of us become relevant as a cultural influencer in light of current events, what's going on in your city, your town, your school because God has a plan for you somewhere. It's in current events. It's there before you. It's just like we have to get plugged into it, okay? And some key things that should motivate us from scripture is that we are to look for, hasten the day of the coming of the Lord. I referenced that from Second Peter 3 we are to be that generation that's willing to cross over into the wilderness right not be the ones like that wandered for 40 years because god had said here's what i want you to do but they're like oh that's too difficult i don't want to do it so we had to pick a different generation right we don't want to do that we want to be the generation that comes in fulfills the promises right and we don't want to be like in in the story of esther where mordecai had said if you don't do this esther god's going to raise someone else up it won't be you but he'll raise up someone. So that's what I'm saying is that we have to plug into whatever's happening right then. It might not look like what we want, because if you don't, he'll raise up someone else at that grassroots level. It won't be you, but we don't want that. We won't get passed over. I know you won't either. So, so that's what needs to inspire us. I'm just talking about grassroots current events. Ask the Lord, what can I do in my community, right? You don't start out by running for the Um, like National Senate or something politically, you know what I'm saying? You start at the grassroots, right? Nobody wants their, well, I don't know, maybe President Trump did or something, but he wouldn't be the best example, I guess, right? So again, you know, you got to go down to the power, where the power is. Mayors, city councils, county commissions, health boards, school board members, um, you name it. There's so much that can be done at those levels. And just think about some of the issues before us right now, the transgender agenda and all that. And it's like there's got to be influence from righteous people in key places, right, so that we can be the salt and the light. So, it doesn't really matter if we're talking about bringing revival, bringing reformation, influencing the seven mountains of culture, anything that God has purpose to do in the earth, he's not going to do it without you and without me. His church that is so key. I want you to really remember this as I wind down here, as I start to close. In Matthew 16:18, Jesus said, "I will build my church now the reason he did this is because it's you and me his church who's going to get the job done so that he can return he's not sending the angels like newsflash if you thought that's what was going to happen he's not sending the angels to reform culture to win all the souls and to bring all the revivals etc that it says in scripture that have to come to pass right he's not going to have the the praying angels do it is the praying saints and the active saints it's pray and action it's practical as well and this is how the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our lord and our christ through the army of believers that are executing what the purposes of the lord are all right so when we pray thy kingdom come that will be done on earth as it is in heaven we're saying here i am sign me up i'm willing to bring the atmosphere of heaven to where i work and live and do business every day all right amen well let's pray heavenly father i thank you so much for this time together thank you for opening our eyes today to key passages from scripture, key principles. Father, everyone who's listening has a special assignment from you. There's key revelation you're going to bring them, Father. Right now, open their spiritual eyes and ears and begin to show them at a grassroots level where they can get plugged in and how you have a plan for them to be an Esther or a Daniel or a Joseph, Father. There are so many opportunities. Give us the ability to see beyond what we thought we would do and to be open to new things even if it means being bold and getting out of our comfort zone father let us not miss the opportunities let us not be like when jesus wept over israel over the city of jerusalem and said they had missed their moment They had not understand the moment in time that they were at, and he wept. He's not going to weep over his church now. We see our moment, and we're going to seize it. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Preparing the Way, The Practical Prophetic. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to the show wherever you listen and also rate and review it on iTunes because your positive review helps us reach more people with our message. And please visit our website at www.starfireministries.org. Be sure to sign up for our newsletter. You can also donate, read our latest articles, and keep up to date with us on all of our social media sites there. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you next time.